Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Linda Roden is known for her amazing style and her stature within the fashion scene. She's someone who you will recognize right away on the street, and lots of times you'll see her with her dog Winky walking by her side. Both of them have very stylish gray hair and magnetic looks. And after a decade of being together, these two have become best friends. In fact, Winky has inspired her to create a line of dog collars and leashes, and he's become her muse, and they are best friends and creative partners. Linda, welcome to Dog Save the People. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here, another fellow New Yorker. Yep, and 71 years. 71 years? Yeah. <laughs> We, um, and we both kind of live near here, and it was funny because we ran into each other coming in, and, but anyway, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And let's begin, if you can tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what your relationships were like, if you had dogs, etc. Well, I grew up on Long Island, which uh-huh. is about, my home was in a town called Roslyn, small yeah, town, sure. it's about 40 minutes from here, and I grew up like on a totally suburban farm. We had so many animals. I mean, we had a tiny little house, quarter of an acre of land, but my parents, they just, we had dogs, cats, hamsters, baby alligators, chickens hatching in the basement, birds, (laughs) everything, you know. And And was that because, was one of your parents into it or is... My parents both loved animals. My mother would, a bird would fall out of a tree and she would take it and nurse it back to health with um, an eyedropper filled with whiskey. You know, we had a, we always wanted hamsters. We had my one Christmas, my brother got a baby alligator, and I wouldn't even go downstairs. Wow, was, was so that afraid. on his Christmas list? Must have been, but baby alligator. We had a million cats. Yes. We always had a dog. Our first dog was Timmy the Boxer. Then we got Bounce the Poodle, and then we got Hamish the Schnauzer. He lived to be 21, so I wow. could, yeah. That's amazing. And were you close with them? Were you bonded to the dogs? I was closest to the poodle, probably. But, you know, the interesting thing is my sister was much more of an animal fanatic than me. But as an adult, I didn't want a dog. I just thought, well, I've got to, I'm traveling, I'm doing this. And I just, we had so many animals and I felt like I never had a choice. They were just there. Right. Um, I love them, but I wasn't, I was the most attached to Bounce. And I actually have a picture of me when I was probably about seven sleeping with him in my bed. Oh, he was an apricot poodle. And so your career? Well, my career was animal free. Yes. Let's put it that way. I was, well, I started styling, I guess, 30 years, 40. I wanted to be a fashion photographer. Yes. And my sister said to me one day, she said, you don't really take good pictures, but you do get kind of nice clothes. I said, well, that's not a job. I mean, what kind of job is getting clothes? <laughs> we never, there was no word stylist or right. anything like that. Anyway, one thing led to another, and I worked for an amazing photographer named Gusta Peterson, um, who passed away in 94, about two years ago. And he was my mentor, and I worked with him, and we traveled, and I think he's top three photographers. You can look at his stuff. You'll love it. Kind of the unknown, best-kept secret, actually. Anyway, and then the clothes, my sister said you could get clothes, and I had met a stylist through Gus. And one thing led to another, and his wife actually got me a job, not styling, but she was working at Bendel's when Bendel's was great. Sure. Geraldine Stutz. So she got me a job there, and I became a buyer for the catalog that they oh, were doing, wow. their first catalog. And then when that 
was over, I thought, well, I know how to kind of get clothes, and I think I can figure this out. And that's when I became a stylist, which I did for, I think, about 40 years, wow. almost. Yeah. You know, it was dog-free. I traveled a lot. Yes. And it never even occurred to me to have an animal. Yeah. Never. Didn't even, and my sister always had dogs, and I would be with her dogs. I right. never wanted, never occurred to me to have a dog. Right. I think that living in New York City, one, sometimes it just seems like it's too much. Yeah. But also when you're on the road all the time, it's just... It's a rare occasion when you see somebody traveling with a small dog, yeah, but yeah. in general, yeah, it's really tough. Yeah, no, it's and it's it's a full time job, and it, like I said, it never even occurred to me, mm-hmm. and I wasn't even missing it. I didn't even want one. I, right. I had grown up with so many, and yeah. and then I had working as a stylist. A lot of people started having dogs and bringing dogs to work, and I thought maybe I should get a dog. This dog is so cute, and I started falling in love with. Model's dog, right? Prop stylist dog. Everybody had a dog. Yes. What I realized is the difference between being a child with a dog and an adult with a dog is the responsibility that it entails. I had never, you know, growing up, we had we never closed a door. We had dog doors in the garage. You didn't take them for a walk. You didn't. I don't even remember putting a leash on my dog. I mean, we just lived with animals running in and out of the house, and there was no time schedule. I don't remember ever feeding my dog. You know, and now. Being an adult with a dog, you know, my current dog, Winky, my muse and my best friend slash boyfriend, my life revolves around him. I mean, I think of when I'm going out, when I'm coming back, when the dog work will show up, when I'm going to do this. He really is. So it's a totally different experience. You know, it's like having a child now. And before it was just having your pets all around. You know, we loved them and I loved all the dogs and cats and everything we had. but. I didn't have any sense of responsibility for them. When I got my first, I think I was late 40s when I got my first adult dog. So it just, I think it brings out kind of the best in people. Certainly for me it did. You know, you become really thoughtful and caring and, you know, it does give you a sense of structure and also companionship, which is wonderful. Winky is a 20-pound light on his feet little poodle, you know, tall poodle, beautiful little miniature poodle. I didn't do a rescue and I had seen three adorable poodles on the street. And I asked them, each of them, where did you get, these dogs are so adorable, and they all said the same breeder. And I said, oh, I guess that's a sign. Yes. So I went to Cavern Poodles in Hackettstown, New Jersey. And it was so funny because the front of the store was at like a 50s pet shop. I mean, it was so old fashioned, I loved it. And she had a little door where she let out three little poodles, three black little monsters, and Winky just came to me. And that was it. How old was he when you when He you was met three him? months old. But the funny thing is, I was so freaked out that I paid for him, but I didn't take him with me. I said, I don't even have a bed. I don't have a crate. I don't have anything. And so, and I went back the next weekend and picked him up. And got all prepared. And he was just, you know, he was much, for, he's nine now. So okay. he's getting a little tame. He prances. He's, you know, he's very graceful. You know, someone asked me, what is he a mix up? I said, he's like... Fred Astaire meets Cary Grant. He's light on his feet, he's elegant, and he's also like Charlie Chaplin, because he's really funny. How else would you say that you and Winky are similar? Well, I think we look alike, which is strange, because I bought him and he was black, but now he's my color. He's gray, Um, he's silver. I guess you could say we're both kind of petite, although he's not a tiny little teacup poodle. He's, you know, he's 20 pounds and he's tall, he has very long legs. But we're just kind of in sync size-wise, I guess, personality-wise. I mean, he can be playful and then he can be cranky, 
which is how I could describe myself. Um, and we just get along. I know what he's doing, he knows what I'm doing, and we just kind of, our routines just, not so much the routines mesh, but because now I follow his pretty much, but I just think we're in sync. And it's gotten more, you know, progressively more connected as time goes on. He's nine now, which I cannot even believe. But we're very, we know each other very well. I know, for example, spontaneously I'll be sitting and I'll say, oh, I've got to get that, or I'm looking for that piece of paper. And I know that really makes him nervous. Because when I move with a start, he thinks, oh God, what's happening? And I've learned over the years to try to calm down. Like, I don't have to rush to the other room to get that piece of paper. I can just slowly get up. And poodles are, you know, they're very reactive. They like their quiet, but they're kind of jumpy in a way. And I'm jumpy too, but it doesn't make him happy. So I've learned to try to calm down, you know, myself, which is good. I'm the type who's kind of in a rush all the time. Do you think Winky has changed any of his behavior to adjust to you? Um... Well, one thing that I really value, sleep is very important to me. And I don't like to be woken up. I like to just wake up when I wake up. And I like to go to sleep when I go to sleep. And the great thing about Winky, which has been from day one, you know, he sleeps on my bed. He wouldn't wake me up no matter what. But he knows when I open one eye, he opens his eye. He knows when I'm awake, even if I'm not facing him or I haven't moved. He just senses I've opened an eye. It's the most bizarre wonderful thing. I mean, if someone banged on the door, rang the bell, he's a guard, you know, he barks at the doorbell. But if there's nothing happening and I don't act awake, he will not move. It's only when I get up that he will get up, which I love. I think it's so respectful. (laughs) You know, he's just respecting my sleep, which I, I don't know how he learned that. I never, you couldn't train a dog to do that, I don't think. But that's a, a wonderful thing that he's totally adjusted to my love for sleep. He's totally respected it. How do you feel about the lifestyle of planning your day around Winky? From when you get up in the morning, when you leave and return, from walks to feedings and so forth? You know, I'm so used to it now, and it does give you a structure, which I don't mind. And I'm so happy to be with him that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like a burden. It's just part of your life. It becomes just second nature. So, no, it's, it's, you do it with love and care. So I have some wonderful quotes. Oh, okay. That I think are so, so charming. There's one here, and it's, the concept is accepting who we are. He doesn't know wrinkles from schminkles, <laughs> and I love him with his bad teeth and all. Oh, yes. That's the unconditional love, and I think that's what has hooked us all for centuries. They just love you, no matter what you do, and they, they bring out the best in all of us, yeah. we hope. Yes. Um, and it's just the most touching love affair that you can only have with a dog, an animal. Yeah. You can't have it. I mean, I know I'm not a cat person, and we had a million cats and all that, but I never was gravitated towards cats. But uh, people have the same feelings about their cats. They do. I mean, but I do think that there's something, and I was talking to a guest last week, but I do think there's something incredibly specific about the bond yeah. between humans and, and their dogs. I feel so blessed that I got that back because for years I didn't even have a thought. And my sister used to stop every dog on the street and play with it. And mm-hmm. she had her first dog as, on her own was a um, Papillon that she had for 17 oh, I love years. And when that dog passed away, and I have to admit, I was not really sympathetic. I couldn't get, she was in mourning. I, she couldn't, I said, come on. Right. And now I, I, I don't know how she even got past it. And then she got a long haired Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sadly, she passed away, and I took care of her little thing, and I just thought, my God. 
but I was not the kid who was living for their pets. I mean, they were there, and it was great, and dog come home from school and play with the dog, but it wasn't a profound connection that I felt. Now I do. So I wasn't that person to begin with, but I certainly became a crazy person now. You know, so my relationship with Winky really changed my whole perspective of the depth of how I feel. I mean, I always loved animals, but not to this extent. Here's another quote that I think is so sweet. Winky is the best boyfriend I've ever had. Just has two extra legs and a tail. <laughs> I stand by that comment. <laughs> That's, how can you beat it? You know, there's no, um, there's no comparison. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a horrible thing. I might not have said that 30 years ago, but certainly for now. Yeah, yeah. no, and yeah. I hear you. I mean, yeah. they just, I mean, they're our family. And yeah, Tiny Tim my, was my really my true and first love. Yeah. And human and or canine. And he was, we were like soulmates. Yeah, I know. It sounds so nutty, but it's, it's, you can't get around it. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Do you like having a dog in New York City? Um, well, I don't have a choice. I think it would be nice if I had a garden or a backyard, but I am, I have to admit, I've, I'm very tick phobic. So I'm, you know, I'm invited out here and out there and I just bring the dog and I'm just so fearful for myself and for him. So that's kind of limited my scope of traveling and all that. And I think New York is not as dog friendly as people think. I've been places where, you know, why couldn't Winky sit next to me? He's not doing any harm to anybody outside even. Well, he's not by the railing. And I said, what's the difference? He's under the table. You know, you just can't imagine in this day and age that people are still so dog phobic. So that gets upsetting, you know, and it does limit where one can go. And he's not a big dog. I can't even imagine having a big dog and trying to navigate New York. What's Winky like? Does he like to walk around the city? Is he active? I have a dog walker, so when I'm working, because I work from home, so I don't want to go out for an hour. So I have a dog walker when I'm busy working, and he does walk lively with the dog walker, and he's got friends, because the dog walker has three other dogs that Winky's grown up with, kind of. And when I walk him, for example, on the weekends, if I'm with him all the time, I drag him around everywhere I'm going, whether it's the green market, the flea market, the this. Well, I take him everywhere. And I know he gets kind of bored and tired, but he's a trooper. He'll, he'll go around. And I love walking with him. It's so much fun and everybody loves him because he's so adorable. The only thing I don't like, and this is, I guess, every dog, you know, he'll stop and smell every, I mean, from one inch to, he'll go inch by inch down 7th Avenue. I just go, okay, so this is going to be two hours, not an hour, because we're just going to stop everywhere. And I don't think he would ever do that with a dog walker. He just takes advantage of me, and I know it. And I indulge his behavior. <laughs> I mean, it's not the end of the world. He's having fun. You know, they say that when a dog smells around, it's like them reading the New York Times. That's their world. So let him have some fun. But Winky's also not a dog park dog. He just, he sits on my lap. No interest in playing with any other dogs. He just wants to look. He wants to be like me, sit on the bench and watch the world go by. He's not interested in playing with any of the dogs. So it's kind of, sometimes we go to a nice park on, I think it's 23rd and 11th, because it's right on the river and it's breezy and it's a beautiful place to sit because the trees shade you and it's really lovely and there's a water fountain for the dogs. And it's not dirt. It's kind of molded hills that are very nice. I love sitting there, but he gets bored and then he wants to leave. I like it more than he does. Has having a dog and being out and about with Winky connected you with other neighbors and the dog community at large? I would say neighbors more. I'm 
trying to connect with the dog community now because I have a product line that's, you know, leashes and collars. So that is a wonderful community and everybody that I've met is so nice. And that's very important to me. But the local people that I see all the time, it's fantastic. You just know, I mean, I used to see all the same people. I've lived in the same apartment for 40 years, so I know everybody in the neighborhood. But I didn't really talk to people. I didn't even know their names, a lot of people. But when you have a dog, it's a whole different thing, and it's wonderful. I remember my sister, who always had dogs, and she would say, oh, you have to meet my friend so-and-so who has this adorable dog. And I said, how do you know all these people? She said, well, when you've been walking your dog for 17 years in your neighborhood, you're going to know all the people that have dogs. And you do, and it's wonderful, because you love to chat and what's up, and, you know, so much fun. I really, I was saying to a friend yesterday how wonderful it is to have all these dog owner friends that I never would have talked to, who are interesting and funny, and, you know, you have the same thing in common, which makes it all so nice. You know, the common denominator is these creatures. And you learn about people and what they do, and you never had a clue. Yeah, it's a fascinating way to meet people. It's been very interesting, and I've made a lot of friends. Sometimes I'll be out for an hour when I was planning on walking Winky for two minutes to pee and come home, and I realized, oh my God, we've been out for an hour. Especially in the nice weather, you can just um, chat. And, and it's interesting because they're dog-friend relationships, which are different than meeting a friend somewhere. It's a different connection, but it's such a lovely one. I mean, I really value all the people I've met with Winks. So you and Winky have an Instagram page? Well, I have two now. One I started, I guess, about eight years ago, which was Linda and Winks, but it had nothing to do with like a business or anything. Right. And I got a lot of followers and Winky got kind of people know him on the street and blah, blah, blah. And then when I started my dog line, which Which is called All Linda, which is also called Linda and Winks, I opened another Instagram called Linda and Winks Love because I realized that people, this sounds... Well, it's tr- you know, I'm selling products sure. now, but it, it wasn't, people weren't making the connection on my original one, so I decided to open a more dog-centric one. It's kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? You know, people I don't know, who I'll probably never meet, who become, you know, quote-unquote friends and like what you're doing. I think it's, I think it's fun. I like it. You know, I do like it. So I have no complaints about that. And, you know, even here, I'll be walking down, the- I bumped into a woman from Australia, she said, oh my God, that must be Winky. And I said, oh, where are you from? She said, oh, I'm from Australia, via Kenya. I said, really? She said, yes, and I just ordered a leash. And you're thinking, what are the odds of that? So it's a huge world, but it's a small world. But, you know, I think it's all very fascinating. It's got its good sides and bad sides. It can be very interesting if you don't get swallowed up by it. Tell me a little bit about your business. Well, I was in a prior, a prior business. I was in the beauty business, and I left that, and I call this my segue from beauty to the beast, which is a much kinder industry, yes. I have to say, and just feels so different. And I was sitting at home with Winky, and I'm looking at his leash and collar, and I thought, oh, that's not really so great. I wish I could find something I like, which is the old cliche, if you can't find the pants you like, you make them. If you yes. can't find the soap you like, you create it. Yes. Um, if you're able and trying to be entrepreneurial-ish, which I never thought I was, but I guess I am. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, that, I don't, I'm going to, and I could never find anything in a pet shop. They're either glittery or frilly or too leathery and right. thick and spikes. And yes. I just, and Winky's this fragile little thing. Anyway, so I thought I'm going to make leash and collars for dogs. 
What is your process when you're designing, when you're thinking about other products? What kind of things do you think about when you want to infuse your own style into this brand? Kind of gotten known for how I dress, for better or for worse. So when I decided to make a product, it had to reflect my personal style. And they're stylish. I mean, they're wonderful colors. I really enjoy creating things. So it's fabrics I like, colors I like, combinations I like. And I also like things that are very simple. So the hardware is very simple. I made a comment once, if I wouldn't wear it, why should Winky? And if I was a dog, I'd buy mine. <laughs> no, it's just they're simple, but they're charming and playful and um, easy. I don't love complicated things. But I do have a lot of variations and a lot of colorways that people can choose from. And I'm also making dog shampoo, because for me, scent is very, very important. And I'm making dog bowls. So I just wanted to incorporate my lifestyle into my dog's lifestyle and hope that other people would embrace it. Because I go into a pet shop and I have a hard time. I couldn't really ever find anything. And the creative part is what thrills me, to make things that are beautiful. Dream it and get it done. Where can we find you on social media and online with your website and all of that? My website is www.lindaandwinks.com and my Instagram is shoplindaandwinks. Personal Instagram as well is at lindaandwinks. So I have two, at lindaandwinks and at shoplindaandwinks. And we'd love to hear from you on any channel you can find us on. As someone also in the fashion industry and who also fell in love with dogs at a certain time in their life, I totally related and identified with Linda's story. Winky has changed Linda's life. She used to travel all around the globe, and now she wants to stay closer to home because of Winky. She's created a life for herself so that she's able to be with Winky all the time. She's able to create products. She's able to work from home, all because she wants to spend more time with Winky. I don't blame her. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media. For the dog days of summer during July and August, we will be posting every other Tuesday. I'll be spending a lot more time with my dogs, and I hope you will be too. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.